0: Cheesy poofs, and now I want cheesy
1: poofs. I'm not doing a Cartman impression.
0: Yeah, no, you're I refuse.
1: Listening. Yeah, the show was oh. I was listening to was. I was like, I can do one, and I was like, I definitely can't. It's been <laughs> and years. Then You're just
0: going to look dumb.
1: I'm going to sound really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy like the first like 10 seasons of that show, though. I, I, I keep thinking that, and then I never follow through because I do enjoy Some of the old school South Park Because you
0: spend all your money buying music albums instead And booze And booze, yeah That's that's probably where all your money goes
1: actually Just booze It's booze and music, the Brett Bloom story Welcome to the Nightmare Box, my name is Brett Bloom And I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the badass bitch, Kristen Bloom The
0: little little
1: house on the prairie Little house on the
0: prairie, Bloom So how are you? How are things? I'm doing all right.
1: I'm uh, missing the tip of my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> got attacked by a cat at work. Yep. Almost got attacked by a person at work.
0: Sent me a text that were like, everything everything's okay. I'm on my way to the hospital. <laughs> I was like
1: what? Yeah, I was dealing with a cat in uh, like our quarantine unit, a stray that had come in, and it was an owner surrender. So those guys typically are a lot more handleable than like the ferals that people trap. And so I didn't bother to put a glove on, and when I went to pick him up, he said no, and he got me like four times. you're not my mom. (laughs) Yep, bit the tip of my thumb off and then uh, attacked my left hand and clawed me up really good. Yeah, you're going
0: to have a scar for sure.
1: Scars all day. Scars are sexy. (laughs)
0: It's a weird (laughs) spot to have one, though. What
1: happened, I... I can't even come up with a cool story for how one misses the tip of their thumb.
0: I saved a baby from the clutches of a gator's mouth. Yes. And they took a souvenir.
1: <laughs> I'm like Captain Ahab. I'm just out there in the Everglades trying to fuck <laughs> shit up. <laughs> I'm looking for uh, the one that stole the tip of my thumb.
0: It looked pretty gross initially, though. It doesn't look good now. I mean, it looks better, <laughs> but it looked pretty gross initially. You had, like, a nice big, like, hollow spot at the tip of your
1: thumb. <laughs> yeah, it's healing up. But, yeah, that's new for me. What's new for you?
0: Uh, I can't breathe, and I can't see the sun.
1: Why is that? Is it because the entire state is on fucking fire?
0: I don't know. We're <laughs> once again back in fire season. I think this one's been worse this year, though. Yeah, because like,
1: it didn't snow hardly over the winter.
0: Yeah. Like, we had, like, a pretty rough, like, week or mm-hmm. two, I think. Yeah, I think it only lasted, like, maybe two weeks last summer. I know we talked about it last time about how we were both kind of feeling down because you couldn't see the sun at all. Yeah. And it's not gotten
1: can't the see the sun part, the sky which is my favorite part is just gray yeah. you can't see the mountains that are like right next door to us
0: yeah for the most part it's not been quite that bad visually but yeah today it's pretty rough and mm-hmm. it's just been so fucking hot too it's like way hotter this summer so it's making it worse mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's what's new with me i woke up this morning <laughs> and <I was> like, <sighs> woke up this small can't <laughs>
1: can't fucking breathe. Yeah. But you did get the energy up to get your letter of intent into the university oh, for the graduate it program. Yet. I haven't actually
0: submitted it yet. I gotta, I gotta fix my grammar mistake. It looks
1: good. I, I read it twice, and I only found one sentence where I was like, what in the fuck is she trying to convey? <laughs> and it was the dreaded extra and... <laughs> there were like four or five ands in one sentence, but one of them definitely didn't need to be there. <laughs> it's
0: better than my text messages at least, yeah. though.
1: And you know what I did notice in what? your letter of intent, um, which the audience isn't going to be able to read, so i got to be good at describing it, um, is, you know, it? No, you did something that we've talked about um, <laughs> as far as flow in the writing goes, uh, which is long sentence, short sentence. You had a fragment right there in your first uh, paragraph that I, I thought was really brilliant I, it really works. It, you get the... I
0: initially <laughs> had it um, as like a sequence so there was like such and such comma, such and such and such and such, and I was like, I don't like that. Yep. So yeah, I changed it. And
1: you drew your inspiration from your brilliant writer husband.
0: <laughs> I did. He so, said,
1: I'm, I'm dropping a fragment in this bitch just to let him know what's up.
0: So you don't think it sounds like super cheesy?
1: No, it, 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 it's pretty it good. It's like I'm
0: trying too hard? No, no, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's better than like the way that you've drawn it out to be. I thought I was going to oh. go into it like a like an I am poem. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am strong. I, I. am love.
0: <laughs> you was strong. You was capable. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that Sunday, I think it was last Sunday that I emailed it to you, I spent that morning changing yeah. all of the times I had been, like, excessive adjective. <laughs> so I went through and pulled Get those out. Get rid of my
1: adverb. <laughs> Yeah. Express myself.
0: But, yeah, I probably won't send it in until next weekend now just because this weekend kind of got away from us. But i kind of scared to send it in. No, you'll be fine.
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty good.
0: Good. Yeah. Uh, I had to, cause apparently you have to send in a resume, too, to apply to the graduate program. Weird. Yeah, uh, I got my resume reworked and changed the cover letter based mm-hmm. on the notes you had given me, for the most part. I ignored one of your notes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh which I told you that already. Yeah. Um, they use, and I'm going to probably completely mispronounce it, but the Latin term for basically a resume, but like a more detailed resume, Mm -hmm. um, which is often abbreviated CV, is apparently, like the long form is curriculum vitae or vitae, I don't know. Some sort of Latin thing. Something like that. Um, And on the... (laughs) on the grad school site they tell you what all you need to submit for your actual program or whatever and that's all it said it was just that it doesn't say like a resume or anything next to it and i was like well what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> and it was like something about your artistic journey and where all you've been and all this stuff like that and then i get to the actual application on the grad school site and it just says resume so i thought there were two separate things yeah. for a second there i was like see you want me to send a resume and a letter of intent and some stupid document about my artistic <laughs> journey, <laughs> and so I googled it because I was feeling kind of dumb, and then I felt more dumb when I realized that's literally just a resume. That's what CV
1: means. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's only
0: ever like they only put resume slash CV. Well, you want to
1: know how stupid I am? I thought CV was somehow a fucking cover like, a letter. Break. Yeah, I was thinking cover letter. Or at one point, I thought it meant resume, and I was like, is resume like a really long word? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I think
0: I used to think that it was cover letter too, but then I noticed um, a lot of the times they no you... on the word letter. Well, no. Well, I thought maybe it was like a. Cover. <laughs> CV. I thought maybe it was like a, a phrase, because like a lot of mm-hmm. the time they use Latin phrases for stuff, so I thought maybe that was just the phrase for cover letter, but I noticed a lot of the time they would say your resume slash CV, and then they would also be like and a cover letter. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so clearly the cover letter is something different, but I didn't know what it stood for. Yeah. And now I do. And I felt dumb because I was like stressed. i, like, I got to write another <laughs> thing.
1: So much writing. I'm not even going in for writing. I'm going <laughs> in for film. Let me make a video and just talk into my camera.
0: <laughs> Luckily for me, I already had a resume based on my like film stuff specifically, so I didn't have to remake that. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's always handy because I do the same thing. I've got like my artistic resume and then I've got the one for the real world. The 9 to 5. The 9 to 5 resume where I'm like, and I am a good And I'm a good team leader and I'm organized. Efficient. (laughs) I'm efficient. I have anger management issues. (laughs) 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 Have we talked about that on here? I don't know. That weird fucking right after I got out of the Air Force, um, I was looking for a job and I didn't need like a big job right away. Like I was like, I just do some dumb little retail thing while I get reestablished back stateside. And uh, I was—I've always wanted to work in a bookstore. I love books. That they're, they're very calm places. I feel like if you work in a bookstore, nobody ever yells at you at work because it's hard to get upset in a bookstore.
0: I feel like it depends on the bookstore. I feel like if you worked at a college bookstore, you'd probably get screamed at by college kids who were yeah. like, this is outrageous. This is,
1: these prices are outrageous. Yeah.
0: And then when you sell them back and you pay a third or you get a third of the money back, they're like, this is outrageous. <laughs> yeah.
1: But one of my big things in my early 20s, and actually until I met my beautiful wife, um, I had, uh, I might describe psychotic rage issues. I had seven therapists, so I was not in a good headspace. And I would just fight a dude for no reason and so I went into this um, books a million uh, and asked if I could you know apply and I applied and I got the call back to go sit down I'm 23 24 years old and um, sitting in the books a million I'm getting my interview with the assistant manager and I'm like 90% sure I was older than the assistant manager. <laughs> like, we were, we were, seen
0: more things I was either than
1: older than him or we were really close and I was blowing this dude's goddamn mind. I was just explaining everything that I'd done in the service, how I wanted to go back to school for writing. You know, I, at the time and as of now, um, was a writer, you know, so I was, I didn't know how to say that sentence. I'm not a speaker. I'm not very good at that. Um, but I, I blew this dude's fucking head wide open and like, 30 minutes and I was like easy money I'm getting this goddamn job job." it's all over and right when he when I thought he would say you're hired um, the degenerates let me turn them off Uh, right when I (laughs) thought that we're gonna say that I was you guys can't
0: hear that but his laptop dinged
1: yeah I've got like 30 friends of mine in a group message and they've been very chatty today Um, (laughs) right when I thought he was gonna say that I was hired he goes well let me get the actual manager, she's in here today and, you know, it'll be her final say one way or the other. I really like you. Let's talk. I got 10 minutes. and gave me like a little coupon to get a coffee at the little kiosk thing. Oh, I'm sitting there. Kinda nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there over by the windows just going, I'm going to work in a bookstore. Really fucking happy about it, right? Um, I am talking with the manager for 20, 25 minutes. I'm almost done with the interview. She goes, one last question. What is your worst quality? Pretty standard question Uh to be asked in a fucking job interview. But I'd just gotten out of the service. I hadn't had a lot of job interviews. I landed every job I'd ever applied for at that point. (laughs) And... um, Nobody ever asked me. Probably
0: would have liked your answer. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: worked in a grocery store, and then I worked in the air force, and now here I am, just trying to get a job again. (laughs) And uh, she goes, "What is your, you know, weakest quality or worst quality, whatever the question was?" And I was like, "Well, I have a rage issue. So, like, from time to time, I might, you know, flip out. But I'm I'm working on it." She goes, "Oh, all right. Well, this interview." you did good. You did good, and I, I I knew right then. I was like, "Why the fuck did I just yeah. say?" Because like, That's a I, weird yeah, thing to say. In an people interview. always do that goofy shit where they're like, "Well, my my, my, my weakest point is, is I'm so dedicated to my retail position that you won't be able to. You know, I I won't take lunch breaks, and I'll be a little tired at the end of the day."
0: <laughs> I, give, I give answers I like, that are...
1: I might beat the fuck out of somebody on aisle three one day just because I'm sick of getting asked where the Harry Potter books are you
0: know? <laughs> not the answer they want to hear getting a
1: screaming match about Nietzsche over in the philosophy section
0: <laughs> I, I mean I give answers that I guess are technically a weakness but it's definitely like an implied oh it's a positive quality in me so I mm-hmm. do that too but like I don't go oh I'm so dedicated I'm like oh like it's true. I don't like a negative work environment. I'm like, oh, I don't really like a negative work yeah. environment. I feel like that kind of brings the vibe down, so I try to avoid that. Um, but then that implies you're a positive person.
1: Yeah. And then, you, <laughs> then you're expected to be the fucking butterfly that walks in the door every day after you get hired.
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't have the rage problem that you have. So, <laughs> so you can fake it. <laughs> and then, um, Shoot
1: that I had. I feel that, you
0: know, (laughs) post massive
1: experience with, uh, Marijuana and going to college and moving you know across moving the across the country to Montana. I feel a lot calmer <laughs> yeah, than I was at 23.
0: This <laughs> is <It's> been... <laughs> hilarious that you would have even said that at it all. It just came
1: out because I, I felt like at that point we were family. Like I, I made really good with the assistant manager. I was making the regular manager lady laugh. I was you know not dressed up, dressed up, but I was wearing a little polo shirt that day. My arms looked really nice. I was confident as shit. And then she goes, "What's your weakest quality?" And it's like, "I don't know." I might flip the fuck out. And then
0: suddenly how. Uh, big your arms look as intimidating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like I don't know. I'm a, a testosterone-filled fucking gorilla, and I <laughs> um, might
0: break someone's neck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if I'm setting up the drawers and the books are out of order, I might rip them all off, throw them all across the store, and spend the afternoon apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: mean. So Let's just say Brett did not get that. Job. I
1: did not get that job, and then I had to work in an Amazon warehouse, and that is where I wrote my first book. How's so it back? works? Like uh, four months or something like that. Uh, but the Amazon warehouse is all the hell that you hear about it. It's a fucking nightmare. And this was pre getting press about how fucking p- terrible this place was. So they didn't. When I got hired, they didn't have a radio yet. They got they got one eventually because enough people were like going insane and threatening to jump off the balconies and shit. But you would have to move from one object to the next object, and you have like two minutes to get to the next object. And this could be you're on the top left-hand side of the warehouse, and now you need to get to the bottom right-hand side of the warehouse. Good luck. And you'd have to run to go get the thing, or they would yell at you if you were over time too many times. And you could get fired, uh, but you're not allowed to bring your phones in. You're not allowed to bring an iPod in or anything like that because they can't verify that that's yours and not stolen from the warehouse. That's dumb. They have guards and a metal detector for coming in and out of the building. You're allotted like a five uh, or a yeah, like a five minute break. I think it was a thirty minute lunch, five minute break for a twelve hour shift so you'd be out there ripping cigarettes like you'd have like two like one in each hand and just fucking and changing back and forth between the two of them and um I, you can't stop the talk because you got to get the next object, next object. And so the book that I will never release, probably, <laughs> entitled The Nightmare Box, where this whole fucking thing kind of came out of, I had to write in my head. So I would write a chapter in my brain like I was fucking Jay-Z trying to write my next rap album. <laughs> and so I would establish all the characters in my head, and then I'd come up with a cool sentence, and I'd repeat that, like... Paragraph until I had that paragraph memorized, and then I built two or three sentences in my head, and then started over from that first paragraph. Go home and write all of that down. it's how I stayed sane, and it gave me my first draft for the Nightmare Box. That's how it's done. Kudos then to I you. Quit that, that goddamn job. Kudos to you
0: because that would have never worked for me. Yeah,
1: quit that job. Got hired by a fucking armed security place for a while. Wrote the second book there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a tangent about work. No, you're good.
0: Um, fuck, how did we get on? Oh, uh, your, I, I your interview. Because I threatened to beat the shit
1: out of Yeah, no, we, we were employee. talking about
0: my grad school. I was like, how did we even get on this topic? And mm-hmm. then your interview. Um, But it all worked out, yeah, because you You did get those rough drafts and you yep. have since released an actual book that's for sale it is a book <laughs> and um, we moved out here and we're working towards the grad school thing mm-hmm. and hopefully quitting our day jobs <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah no it's it's been good it's been a weird Back and forth for me though, because like I felt really excited initially about the grad school application, and then I really, really hated writing the letter of intent. Yeah. And then I got it done and I felt excited again because I was like, ooh, it's almost time for me to submit it. And now that I don't have anything else holding me back, I'm like, I don't really want to submit I it though. Press play. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> but you're kind of scared. Like, well, they don't like me. It's like, will you hold my hand? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. I, which, I mean, I. I mean, the leap is the hardest part. Yeah. I mean, once it's done, it's done. You've applied. So now, like, in the future. You know, and I have full faith you're going to get in. There's absolutely no way in my mind that you don't get into the program. You're fucking made for it. But I mean,
0: I'm not wholly terrified that I won't get in um, or at least won't be strongly considered. I know it's a lot more competitive doing grad school mm-hmm. and there's a smaller pool of people that get lit in. So there is obviously competition, but I'm like, my grades are good. Yeah, I've got a lot of experience behind me, so I'm like, I'll probably get in. But there is a part of me that's like, but what if I don't know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> my that, my part that I'm uh, terrified of is my grades are not great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, your students say you had to have a minimum GPA. Mine did. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that they really care so much about your grades. Like, as... You will not
1: believe how bad I bombed Jen Ed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I was working my way up from like a 0.5 GPA the first time, or I can't remember what it exactly. It's a hilariously low it's less than a point because i forgot to tell the school that i wasn't going there no more and i joined the air force and left in the middle of the second semester (laughs) failed everything fantastically (laughs) didn't show up for the finals and it that'll hurt you and then i couldn't get them to go that never happened let me just start from scratch let's pretend
0: weird that they wouldn't yeah like
1: because it had been four years and i was like just you know can we pretend that that isn't a thing anymore? You, you get rid of that weird semester where I was 18 and didn't know what the fuck I was doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I feel like if they had realized you had joined the Air Force, they should have been like, oh, obviously you forgot to withdraw. We'll go yeah. back to what your grades would have been at the time that you left.
1: Yeah, which still wasn't great, but it wouldn't I mean, have been still, 0. Yeah. .01. <laughs> otherwise, that's just
0: like all the rest of the assignments you didn't turn yeah. in. But yeah, I, I don't know.
1: Judge me off my writing samples. It, it proves that I've been paying attention to the English classes for my entire life. Well, that's
0: what um, the description on your program says. Like, it makes it sound like the writing sample that you turn in is the thing that they care the mm-hmm. most about. Like, I have to turn in samples of my work for mine, too. But, like, mine says you have to have a minimum grade point average, which I meet. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, there's just a part of me that's like, oh, what if they don't think I'm qualified? <laughs> uh
1: I don't think we're going to have that problem. It's still
0: scary, though. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: we're, we're in our, you know, 30s, so we're serious about going back. This isn't, we just got our bachelor's degree that we, you know, we came in at 18, graduated at 21, 22, went right into the master's program. We've been in the real world for a little bit, and we've been trying to pursue it on our own you know so this is we obviously take it seriously Mm -hmm. we're not coming in here because mommy and daddy are still paying the bills
0: and i I think that'll probably honestly be the most um impressive part of our applications like i mean we were both a little bit older when we went back for our bachelor's too but um yeah i think a lot of the time with graduate school programs they kind of care about the integrity of the person Mm -hmm. more than
1: yeah because at the end of it if you get your master's then you're you know higher alumni of that school so mm -hmm. you can't be a fuck up (laughs) yeah
0: so i think they care more about how seriously you take it and how you're going to represent the Mm -hmm. school than what your bachelor's was yeah. Because, like, it's literally, like, they asked me for my grade point average and stuff, which I'm sure... They don't want like, you to win, like, a Razzie. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, she went to our school. Um,
1: Kristen Bloom, who studied at the University of Montana.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's part of the application, so I'm sure you'll have to put that, too. They ask you, like, yeah. if you do the GRE, what your score is, but Tommy was us...
1: Tommy who studied at the U.S.
0: <laughs> <laughs> neither of us have to put that, and then it asks you for your grade point average of what your degree was, but that's about the only thing they ask you about your bachelor's, yeah. and then the rest of it's what's your vision for your future? And what are you doing? And what have you been doing? Like the whole rest of it's just like, tell me about you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> no, I, that, that'll be hard for me too. I've got to get on it because I need to get my samples together. I don't have any like updated samples because unfortunately uh, I haven't gotten a lot of writing all the way through the writing process in well, a while. I'm sending
0: them pretty old stuff too. So. Yeah,
1: but I've got a lot of stuff that I'm working on if that makes sense. Like I don't have... A word document on the computer titled next big thing you know <laughs> um but i do have my whiteboard and my little composite notebook and my moleskin and i am slowly piecing something together that i think will be really cool but because it's been taking fucking forever with everything that's been happening in our personal lives and in the world um a lot of my stuff's a little outdated but i'll get there yeah
0: i'm sending them outdated stuff
1: that's
0: just what <laughs> i'm sending them the missoula commercial as well but uh, yeah they're just they're getting my my shit from my bachelors <laughs> like sorry that's what you get this is what I do there
1: <laughs> <laughs> are my horror movies
0: uh, but yeah I, I'll i probably stall and put it off and apply next weekend just out of sheer terror <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll, well, hopefully in the next in couple it. of months I'll have an answer on whether or not I got in or they hate me <laughs> yeah
1: I've got to wait a while <laughs>
0: I do think, though, because um, yours, I think, is a bit more competitive than mine. Sorry, I, I don't know why I'm making this entire conversation about school. This is probably of very little interest to you guys.
1: Unless you're going to school or <laughs> <you're> thinking <laughs> or about it. Or
0: you're studying, writing, or film. Um, but...
1: Yeah, if you're not here for all shit related to writing and film, I don't even know why you're
0: listening.
1: (laughs) Sometimes I have tangents about masturbation, but it's mostly writing and film.
0: (laughs) I think on yours, though, because mine is open to apply to right now, and I think I have until January to apply. Mm -hmm. But I don't think mine, I mean, it's a smaller pool of people, obviously, but I don't think mine's quite as competitive as yours is. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, send your shit in, we'll read it and see if we think you'll fit in. Like, with yours, they give you, like, a very specific window of time, Mm -hmm. because I guess it's so competitive, and I think the earlier you submit, the better your chances are. So, Hmm. you can't submit until October, but it probably wouldn't be the worst idea to, like, have everything in the chamber. get your letter of intent done, and... I'm sure you're gonna have to do that too. That is yeah. real annoying. I Set hated writing
1: that. Well, like, I'm a writer, so <laughs> <I> hated <laughs> writing it. The letter of intent for me will be easy. I, you want two pages about why I love <laughs> well, writing? I talk about it for an hour every <laughs> You'll week.
0: probably need a resume and a letter of intent. And all <laughs> yeah, this
1: the resume will stuff. be a bigger pain in the ass. My grades will be a bigger pain in the ass. But I will damn near write them a poem for my fucking letter of intent. Like, <laughs> so when did I want to start writing? Well, it all started. When I was a young boy. On let the me take bus. you there. With my
0: tiny little new pad.
1: <laughs> there I was with my Walkman that was playing a version of Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP where the curse words had been removed. It was an edited version of the Marshall Mathers LP. And I was staring out the window and I was only like ten, I don't know why my and I was mom was thinking, me... What mom can I
0: write to impress this girl?
1: Yes. Let <laughs> me impress the little blonde with the pimple one quarter above. I made that up. <laughs> we watched you did the, have a Walkman. I did have a Walkman, and I did write poems in the back of the bus while listening to Marshall Mathers' LP, but I don't think there was ever a girl with a pimple. <laughs> Not that I noticed. There probably were. Lots of girls with pimples. It was high school, middle school. Everybody had pimples. Then yeah. I just... Go on a two page tangent about temples and then be like, so anyway.
0: <laughs> if, It'd be cool if you'd let me in here, program. If you'd like to
1: read more shit like that,
0: <laughs>
1: I am an alcoholic.
0: <laughs> you were going to say we watched
1: the Bruce Springsteen thing last night. What did you think of that?
0: It was really good. Um, I cannot believe we actually followed through with that. <laughs> it's two and a half hours and it was already. Um, like 8.30 or something yeah. before we even started it. And
1: then we kept pausing it so yeah. that we could share our own stories. And It was fun as fuck. And it we just were up until like,
0: midnight. It took us like yeah,
1: five hours to watch a two-hour <laughs> thing. We
0: two-beat ourselves. <laughs> oh, no. We did it to ourselves.
1: <laughs> But I like it.
0: <laughs> it was really good. Yeah.
1: No, the, the little, uh, the tangent about the school bus reminded me of the story that he tells about, like, his hands not fitting around the guitar, and then mm-hmm. he, like, just show just me the magic. with it. Yeah, show me the magic chords. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I do like that they did it the way they did it, because he doesn't have a band or anything playing with him. It's uh, it's Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Yeah. It came out in 2018. I um, thought it
1: was going to be a concert, so, like, I was kind of saving it for a night where we would eat and then kind of sit on the couch and watch the the rest of the concert but it's a one-man show
0: yeah and um it's just him with multiple acoustics <laughs> and a piano and he just uh, tells stories while kind of sort of playing songs i don't know if he ever played any of the full songs like i think he just weaves a story and then plays part of it and then goes into the next yeah. story but it's pretty good
1: i fucking love bruce springsteen
0: the
1: boss. <laughs> Saw him in two thousand and nine with my father. It's one of the craziest memories I've ever had. That dude went for fucking hours, and did a <laughs> knee slide, he knocked over the cameraman, so like one of the fucking on stage screens where they're showing him from the side just goes black for a few minutes and then you see the dude with his camera trying to get back up. It was oh. awesome. <laughs>
0: oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> for the camera yeah,
1: dude spring we were, scene probably didn't care. We were on the floor and it wasn't like a sold out packed show. Which blew my fucking mind. Like, you had a little bit of walking room. There were, like, five feet between people on the floor right in front of the stage. And so Dad would leave me and go grab some beers and then come back and we'd be, you know, sitting there drinking watching Bruce Springsteen How on stage. How old were you? 18. It was ah. 2009. It was you beer. My father. It's illegal was an alcoholic <laughs> Bought you a beer yeah just bought, nobody's gonna <laughs> harass him for <laughs> him and his 18 year old son watching bruce springsteen oh, together probably looked older
0: than that too though
1: yeah no i, I looked i was gaunt back then <laughs> i was like lanky fucking skinny dude <laughs> hmm. but yeah it's one of the fonder memories of my life was going to see bruce play for fucking hours and then like at some point in the show he um would point it out to the people with the big poster board things and they would write like their favorite songs and they're all like b cuts off nebraska you know (laughs) like and uh he'd stack them up on stage and he'd go i can't remember the lyrics to that one tonight and then he'd he'd put it like a different pile and he goes i'll learn them for the next show then he'd pick the next one up and it would be a song that you'd never heard of because springsteen has a shitload of albums and he'd go I think we can do this one, guys. And he would turn it to the, the, the band, and then like he'd get everybody's approval. And as long as the saxophone player and the drummer knew what was going on, then he would sing over the top of them. It was just, does Bruce remember the lyrics to this song he wrote in 1970-something? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's one of the most talented fucking things I've ever seen. It, it was With the whole band there, it was wild. Yeah, it was nuts how old is he now Like he's gotta be he's probably in his 70s yeah, I'd imagine so he's gotta be getting up
0: there his
1: voice sounds so much better now like I not that it I, I just established I don't need to justify my love for Bruce Springsteen um, but like his lyrics if you really listen to him are a lot more adult than like what you think they are like Born in the USA is an anti-war song but because it's so poppy people like played it And I think Nixon or Reagan used it for the you know um, commercials like for the campaign commercials because he thought it was like yeah go America yeah, it was,
0: somebody never I think it was Reagan
1: <laughs> right. I believe the first words are born down in a dead man's town the mm. first kick I took is when I hit the ground <laughs> wound up like a dog that's been beat too much that's not a good version <laughs> of born in the USA that you want for your you know campaign commercials um, I forgot where I was going with that
0: um uh, shoot. Um oh, it is yeah, sports. because his
1: because his lyrics are like that for the most part. Sure there's a couple of songs where it's, you know, not up to par. Uh but him older playing them slower, like that song he did on the piano, was that Thunder Road? Mm-hmm. What he's got that raspy voice now. So like the lyrics to Thunder Road when he drops the um traditional band element to it. He sounds like an old barfly who's just telling this really sad story, <laughs> you know.
0: He did a part of born in the USA too. him doing
1: the river is old is perfect because that's like um, He didn't do it. Not yeah, not in this, but there's versions on YouTube.
0: Um, but he did born in the U or part of born in the USA also in this and yeah, it gives it a very different meaning cuz it was much slower and
1: yeah.
0: stripped down and I was like, "Well, this is Real sad. Like,
1: super dark. Like his buddy gets killed, you know? <laughs> he has to like take care of his friend's wife. Like it's not <laughs> it's not a happy song. It's a good show though. <laughs> it's a great show. Um, what else? So you guys remember um seven days ago when I was like everybody should go out and read Don's Macabre by Stephen King? Changed my mind. Got to around page 80 and said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what turned you off? It's it's cocaine king. Like I, I can't verify for a fact what year King stopped using coke, but I do know there's coke king and there's post-coke king. Coke king was a lot more productive and his books were better. Sure. You got Carrie. You got The Shining. Like, <laughs> you got The Stand. He wrote The Stand. Which, in and of itself, I don't think you could do without cocaine. <laughs> um, but there are a lot more asides to his coke books. Like there's, he describes rooms for fucking pages. That's Tolkien-esque almost. <laughs> It's the reason why it is so long, because he just had to keep up with, like, all seven characters <laughs> and then, like, two of their timelines. So, like, by the end of it, he's dealing with, like, 25 people yeah. that are all living inside of his coked-up dome. Um, but evidently he was teaching college classes when he wrote Danspekan. Yeah. So his friend gives him this challenge. Um, Did you say how old he
0: was in it, what you read?
1: Nah, not mm. that I can remember. Just
0: curious how old he was whenever he was teaching.
1: Yeah, but he was he was teaching, and um, his friend was like, You should write a book that summarizes how you feel about the genre as a whole across all things. Turns
0: out that friend's
1: a bad friend. <laughs> that friend's a bad friend. Uh, did not save his best friend's life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he sits down and he writes dance. But the problem with dance is. He, he'll he say a really interesting sentence or like a really interesting paragraph. And then he goes, and that reminds me. And then you're gone on a completely other topic for three pages. And then he goes, okay, back to what I was saying that was really interesting. And then he'll get a paragraph into that. And he goes, and that reminds me. Oh, and, it, <clears throat> and maybe it made more sense when it came out. Maybe it doesn't hold up 50 years after it came out because the references are to things that I've studied in school or I've heard about. Like I'm vaguely familiar with a lot of these things, but I've never personally sat down and watched I Was a Teenage Werewolf. You know? <laughs> so when he's going on this huge tear about Nosferatu and it's like I saw that, but it's been like 15 years since I saw Nosferatu and he's talking about it. A lot closer a lot more when that was in the zeitgeist so his aside seemed completely pointless to me as a reader 50 mm. years down the road um i'm keeping it i keep all the books but i'm keeping it um, yeah,
0: we are surrounded by <laughs> books
1: <laughs> I, i'm keeping it as a, a reference book so like i might pop back into it from here from time to time which he says in his prologue he goes you might dance around this thing you might read it cover to cover you might just get one paragraph out of it that really means something to you you know do with it what you will i just hope that you enjoy
0: might when you're older find the rambling more endearing i might maybe
1: after king's dead and i'm like i just need more king (laughs) sit down and have a conversation with him after he's done like 20 lines he's had six or seven beers and he hasn't been hit by a van yet um (laughs) Like, I love Stephen King. I'm not shitting on Stephen King. And you should give the book a try. I got a lot out of the first 80 pages, but it was way too manic for me. Like, I couldn't sit with the thoughts. It didn't feel like he was sitting with the thoughts. It just felt like, hey, here's a genius fucking concept. Okay, off to something else. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that was my problem with that crime book um, that I was reading, too. Which It's much shorter sections, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really ramble on. But, like the beginning section is because it's uh films that are based on real crimes yeah it's like really old movies that i've never even seen and like never even heard of and then Mm -hmm. i'm like this feels a bit like i'm reading an essay about a thing i'm not remotely interested in like if i had been like i'd like to learn about german serial killers today i might (laughs) have been like oh this is fun but it was about a movie i didn't even know so it was like there was zero connection yeah and so part of me was like, oh, I could just skip ahead to the ones I know, but then part of me's like, oh, that feels like cheating. So. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And you have to do that with certain, like, more technical type things anyway. Like, there are books that I've read front to back that are purely technical, but I loved the way that it was written. You know, uh, I bring her up all the time, but Anne Lamont. Stephen King's On Writing mm-hmm. is a technical book. <laughs> It's brilliant. I can read it in like a day and a half. fucking love that thing. But that's also post-cocaine, post-getting-hit-by-a-van, older man Stephen King, who actually can now reflect, and he sits with the things that he's trying to teach you about.
0: Well, I think it helps, too, that those books are about more general life lessons, I think. Yeah,
1: they're memoirs.
0: Yeah, I think whenever... um...
1: Stephen, not Stephen, Chuck Palahniuk's consider this Mm -hmm. another incredible...
0: I think whenever people write books or stuff you study in school or anything like that and they, like, specifically go back to older stuff and, like, we hold this, like, reverence for old stuff just because it's old, sometimes you're kind of missing out on making more impactful connections with the younger audience. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, like Vincent Van Gogh, for instance, love Vincent Van Gogh. Fantastic painter, like Rembrandt's paintings and stuff Mm -hmm. are fantastic, but that doesn't mean there aren't modern painters that do
1: great work. Yeah,
0: Yeah, or modern writers, modern filmmakers. So yeah, I think whenever people like, which granted Stephen King is an older man and whenever he Mm -hmm. was writing that he was talking about stuff that he watched as a child he was talking
1: about the 50s which he grew up in and I am 70 years removed from
0: (laughs) yeah like that's one thing that frustrates me which for King writing that would have been relevant to him but like whenever you're in school and like they feel the need to constantly go back to these old things I'm like I get that's where it started how
1: many times must (gasps) I read Beowulf
0: yeah (laughs) I get that's where it started but I just don't personally care I
1: don't (laughs) get <laughs> and that's my philosophy for most things in books and maybe part of my frustration with it is I can grasp the 70s because my parents grew up in the 70s um, I can I can wrap my head around references from the 70s music from the 70s because I'm like second generation 70s you know as people of our generation are mm-hmm. um, but like my grandfather listen outside of Willie Nelson, listen to like a lot of really, really old music he can never get me into, he's never gonna get me into. And I feel I'll like with them fly away. <laughs> but no, like I, I feel with writing, um there are very few exceptions for me personally from before nineteen seventy where it's like that's the motherfucker because it's been done again and it's been done better mm-hmm. in Since the 70s. even if... Hamlet, my hatred for Shakespeare, it always comes back to it. Hamlet is irrelevant. We have sons of anarchy.
0: But even (laughs) that, like, what's been done better is kind of subjective to who you're asking. But, like, the more modern stuff is just that. It's more modern, so you can make, Mm -hmm. like, more relevant connections to your actual life. And so then it just, like, ends up meaning more, like, versus the old stuff where they, like talk different and they dress different and their social problems were different and it's like I get the moral dilemma of man is still basically the same but I cannot connect with this person.
1: Yeah. And there are very few examples or e- exclusions to that that um, that I feel are still very relevant like everybody's favorite book The Great Gatsby yeah. is fantastic didn't it come out in the 20s? <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: really care for The Great
1: Gatsby it's Almost either. 100 years old if not over 100 years old most of Hemingway's work Um, is brilliant because he was a brilliant writer of his time but most of his peers you've never fucking heard of (laughs) yeah my kids are not going to understand Hunter S. Thompson and I'm okay with that
0: (laughs) and I I wouldn't even
1: mind my kids will understand it but my grandkids are probably not going (laughs) to like him that much
0: I wouldn't even mind in um, like a school setting like a passing like let's just take a moment to understand where this all started so like Pretty much every like film school I'm sure starts with the like the silent film era and yeah. then we moved into the talkies and from black and white to color and stuff just so you kind of understand the concept. But for mm-hmm. me it's like that should be like the introduction and then it's like, All right, now let's get into now, where we're here at. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just like Watching the...
1: Birth of a Nation is not going to help you in twenty twenty one. So let's find You know, contemporary films, maybe last generation films that'll blow your fucking head off so that you can get with the room. You shouldn't be making films if you've not watched The Godfather. Like, (laughs) that's like pinnacle. That's like film of our generation that our kids probably won't want to learn about because it's going to be too, you know, old for them. But the pacing of The Godfather, the actors, um, Pacino's still alive, you know? So you we can relate as an audience, even a younger audience, to that film.
0: Yeah, and I just, I don't know, I feel like that's a better way to approach it. It is. Like, sure, it's important to remember where shit came from, but it's like, okay, but I wasn't alive back then. Mm
1: -hmm. Black and white movies. We've got an appreciation, or I've got a recent appreciation for them because we've been watching some of older films. But even those are... There are exceptions, and those exceptions are still relevant. Casablanca, still relevant. I really enjoyed that fucking movie. Psycho, still relevant. The Birds is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not black and white, though, is it? That one's in color.
0: Yeah. Um, but I was like, making
1: a point about black and whites. Realize that and completely. <laughs> but like gave up
0: Casablanca, that. for instance, that's a good example. Like we both actually really enjoyed it. We were both like, "Oh, this is funnier." And I had seen it already, yeah, but I so
1: much better than I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, like I didn't remember. Play it being... again. <laughs> I didn't remember thinking it was as funny as it ended up being. We were both like, actually quite enjoyed that. But you wouldn't put it in your top ten, though, would no, you? No, it wouldn't be in
1: the top ten. I've never <laughs> cared to see Citizen Kane. If Citizen Kane <laughs> finds me, Citizen Kane finds me. But the other day I watched The Big Lebowski and it blew my fucking brain out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, and I know you really like Psycho, so Psycho's probably pretty highly rated, so there are exceptions, but just generally speaking,
1: like... Well, no, I wouldn't even fixed. put Psych- Psycho's in my top ten, for sure, just I love that movie, I've written papers about that movie, um, but it's not in my top five, like, if you're gonna go, you know, you can watch five more movies and then you're gonna die... You know, I'd watch really long ones that were cool. I would say the
0: concept of Psycho and very specific scenes in Psycho for me. I think the Mm -hmm. pacing is quite odd.
1: Psycho makes it for me just on the pre-shower scene alone. I think it gets a little sloppy after the shower murder until the climax at the end. Mm -hmm. And there is that weird third act, or second act I guess technically. Um... I'd say three if it was on a five-point act structure, so I was going somewhere with it. Sorry, I'm burpy. Uh, (laughs) But I think the the Psycho is perfect right up Until the shower sequence. Shower sequence is perfect. Immediately following the shower sequence is perfect. But then we introduce the hunt for the woman that we already know is dead. And and we as an audience have no stake in that game because we watch the murder happen.
0: (laughs) The weird relationship that's kind of brewing on the side.
1: Yeah. With Loomis and like that whole fucking situation.
0: Yeah. Uh, We have got to, though. Like That needs to be higher up than the box set of South Park. We have got to... There's definitely, like, a sequel to Psycho. Yeah, there's
1: like three or four sequels. Yeah,
0: we've got to buy it because I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. And I remember, it's probably dumb now, but I remember being freaked out by it as a kid. Anthony
1: Perkins, I believe, replays Norman Bates in the second one. I don't think he comes back for three or four, but I think he reprises that role.
0: I don't think I've seen all of them, but I feel like I've definitely at least seen the second one, so we have got to find this. one. I've
1: never seen any of the sequels to Psycho. Well, like,
0: I don't (laughs) remember it at all. I just remember the mother being in the movie a lot. Yeah. And I remember the mother being scary. Like, legit scary. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So I I would like to revisit it to see if that still holds up.
1: I want to see it just based on the premise, because I believe the premise of the second film is Norman gets out of the mental hospital and returns to the hotel. And that alone I find very interesting to kind of see his progression. Um, I've
0: been rehabbed. Jokes.
1: And I think it's pretty meta that the second one is in color, if I remember correctly. I
0: think it is. And
1: they, if I remember correctly, reprise the role for Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates. Anthony Perkins is the only one I want to see as Norman if I have to pick one actor. I like the kid from fucking the the Bates Motel. He's
0: a creepy little motherfucker. He's a
1: creepy (laughs) son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... There's something about the way Anthony's head is shaped, where it's like he looks like a bird, he looks like a child. There, it, 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 times he looks like a man you know like he depending on the way you shoot light on his face you can change his whole fucking demeanor without him changing his expression the, the zoom in on him at the very end of Psycho oh me I wouldn't hurt a fly is as terrifying as like that like <laughs> the fucking where he's like looking down doing the clockwork orange face mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but yeah we, we gotta give that a go I need to know if it holds up because I remember being afraid of mother. Being terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: What other movies did that for you? For me, it was, and it will always be, Pet Cemetery, the fucking scene where he slices the Achilles tendon on the grandfather from underneath the bed. Now, I, I, I forgot about um, the spine twisting. Rachel! Like, I forgot about that until we rewatched it. But the. Um, the kid's yeah, little hand coming out from underneath the bed and slicing the fucking Achilles tendon. I was like, God damn, that got me as an adult. That fucking story has gotten me in the original film, the remake of the film, the book, <laughs> every version of it, of the audiobook. That story fucks me up across multiple different layers. I, I love that fucking story.
0: I don't know if I have a specific one. We watched a lot of movies growing up because my parents, like, bought movies pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I've seen a lot of stuff. And, like, I think more than just any one specific movie, because my mom would let us watch scary movies and stuff. um, I just got to a point where, as an adult, especially when I was single and living by myself... um, I couldn't watch them after the sun had gone down. Yeah. Like it had like started to affect me as an adult where I was like, not so much that I was scared somebody was going to break in, but I was like, I'm definitely going to have a bad dream. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got to a point where I was like, I know mentally my mind is going to take this it's and be like, be able yeah. to go yeah. like, how can I fuck with you while you're sleeping? So, um, yeah, like just the sheer amount of them that we watched as a kid, as an adult. when I was, I don't know if it would bug me if you and I did it. Mm-hmm. um, well, we've watched scary movies together. Constantly. Um, but, um, yeah, like whenever I was living by myself, like I couldn't watch them yeah. at night. So I'd be in the middle of the day with all the lights on watching <laughs> a scary movie because I was like, going to have bad dreams. Otherwise, I need time takes so much, to purge it from my mind before it, I go to bed. It takes
1: so much away from it when you watch it in the daylight. Like you have to watch <laughs> it at night because it... The the mood is darker, you're probably full and a little sleepy, your guard's a little let down but then you're you have tired bad dreams. at the end of the day. Yeah, but that's when they can just jump out and beat the shit out of you with it. Um another one for me was it took me like three to five trips to Blockbuster on my bicycle when I was a kid to finish Halloween, the original Halloween movie. That's why I love Michael Myers so much. I painted a picture of his face. and sits right behind my shoulder right now as we have this conversation. Um, But I would wait for it to get dark and then I would go and watch it. And then like the tension, the tension was too fucking much. So like I'd be basically watching it from fucking behind my fingers. And then I would have to turn it off because I was like, God damn it. I can't go to the bathroom without like thinking, you know, something's going to jump out at me. It was like 11 (laughs) or whatever the fuck it was. And then um I got it the third time and or the fifth time. I know I got it all the time. Like I at one point I was like, here it is, scan it back in, give it back to me, thank you. I'm working on this demon. Like I need to understand this movie. Must conquer. <laughs> and I would make it just a little bit further, because I was like, Well now I know that he's not gonna jump out until like forty five minutes into the movie. You're gonna see him in the background, but he's not really gonna do much. And so I would make it, I would make it, I would make it. And then the the final sequence where they're fighting inside the house and she stabs him in the eye with the fucking clothes hanger and loomis shoots him over the balcony that probably took another three to five trips just to get through the final fucking scene i was such a bitch kid i was sitting there like oh god he got stabbed in the eye click off (laughs) oh fuck he's just pinned the ghost boy to the door fuck loomis shoots him (laughs) I thought there was another hour left after Loomis shot him. I thought we were going all the way back. So I remember one time I turned it back in after the whole reveal where they look over the balcony and Myers is gone. And it's like, Oh no, the boogeyman has disappeared or whatever. And, um, I thought there was still an hour left cause I'm really bad at math. So I turned the thing back in again and I got it back again and realized that I had succeeded in watching the entire film. <laughs> I went back through, So like I, I spent like yourself again. Yeah. It was like, a whole month or two where I was just trying to watch Halloween, and now it's one of my favorite movies because I've probably seen it more than any other horror film.
0: <laughs> I still, as an adult, um, not scary parts, but gory parts. Like, I can't deal with, like, excessive, like, guts and shit. Like I yeah, don't my mind mom sc- can't
1: handle eyes.
0: Yeah, I can't handle yeah. eyes either. Eyes and fingernails. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. But, um, like, I, I don't necessarily mind, like, stabbing scenes. It's the pulling the intestines yeah. out and shit that I can't Seen do. Scene in
1: Saw where Amanda has to dig through the belly. Yeah, I can't, I can't
0: deal with that shit. So, like, I still, to this day, as an adult, will cover my eyes for that scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, if I'm watching it with someone, I'm, like, just let me know when this scene's over and I'm good. <laughs> like, I'll like, just skip What's it. that
1: Eli Roth one that we watched? Inferno? Yeah. Uh, the Green, green Inferno? Inferno.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I had my eyes covered for most of that movie. <laughs>
1: No, it's it's always been tension, and it's why, like when Kristen and I watch a film, um, or a horror film rather, I can typically tell you what direction the monster's coming out at in about how many seconds like after the first jump scare i'm like oh this is their setup game i've seen this move a thousand times he's coming from the upper left corner of the screen in three two one there we are (laughs) so for me it's always been the tension and what i like in a horror movie because it makes me feel like a kid again is when they pop that tension at an unsuspecting moment like you don't know that it's gonna hit you Spoiler alert, like hereditary. Mm -hmm. Didn't see that shit coming at all. (laughs) Knocks her head off. I thought that was going to be the scariest part. Cut to mother screaming in the driveway with the maggots eating her daughter's body. (laughs) It's like, that is the most fucked up thing I think I've ever seen. And I've watched Serbian film
0: didn't they put that in the trailer like they didn't show that she got decapitated but they showed her head hitting the pole Mm-mm. oh did they
1: not no the whole movie looked like it's gonna be a creepy kid movie like by the trailer oh, and yeah, then they, they she kill... makes these
0: weird noises and yeah. yeah she dies like pretty much right away yeah
1: so they're like making it out like we've got this weird bird girl and this movie is going to be about this weird bird girl and then 15 minutes into the film she's dead <laughs> now you don't know what you're doing you don't know where you are the trailer you watched has not prepared you for whatever the fuck else is about to happen that's the last time i felt like a giddy teenager in a horror movie like holy fuck I they just broke to. the standard
0: i don't know what we did with that dvd but we do need to revisit that one
1: yeah just,
0: i didn't care for the ending but the rest of the movie
1: was really good yeah the whole cult angle was a little weird
0: i wish people would stop doing
1: that they need to
0: Especially with really good ones. Like, even with, um...
1: It should have died with M. Night Shyamalan's dumb movie where we find out that they live next to the freeway the whole goddamn time.
0: And, <laughs> um, I've been thinking of ending things. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it makes sense, I guess, when they explain it to you because the dude's, like, out of his mind and he's dying. Um, yeah. But Like, at the tail end when he's, like, hallucinating the cartoons and stuff, even that, I was like, I could... We have not found a better way to do this. Yeah,
1: get in late, come out early. That's the rule. <laughs> don't linger there until the cult needs to happen in the tree fort. Like, <laughs> I don't... Yeah, because it was a movie that was supposed to be about the mother losing her mind, Hereditary. And then at the end, it's the teenage son who accidentally killed his sister is like in a cult.
0: Well, I, I can't think,
1: remember the exact premise.
0: I think yeah. the aunt or someone... Like, else in the family is the cult leader. And yeah, they're basically trying to indoctrine the son into the cult. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the end, like, he's, like, going up there and, like, joining them or whatever. But yeah, like, it would have been a cooler premise for it to have... I mean, you don't have to, like, leave it obvious. You can make it a bit ambiguous. But, like, to be kind of vaguely, like... Did any of it happen or was it in her head? Because she sees her own husband burst into flames and then he's gone. And it's like, well, fuck. (laughs) How did that happen? Because you don't know anything about the cult shit until after all that.
1: I mean, that's what we talk about a lot of the time with the genre. And hopefully, you know, upcoming film people and writers can figure that out. Like, we don't always need the explanation. It can just be fucked up. Maybe it's in her mind, maybe it's not in her mind, but when you verify, no, it's an actual cult, (laughs)
0: it's like,
1: what, magic witch cults? Like, this is not the movie I watched, you know, fucking an hour and a half ago, you showed me a ten-year-old, get her noggin knocked off.
0: (laughs) Can I make an admission about one of our own films?
1: Are you about to apologize for one of our films
0: well like not apologize but if we could go back and redo it i almost wish um which we did it based on a a prompt so uh it was kind of limited on what we could do with it but like when we were still doing the homework challenges like i kind of wish we hadn't used an actual object in brainstorm like i don't love Mm -hmm. that the watch is in it because i'm like then i feel like it makes it like we're kind of like this is supernatural
1: yeah I but wish. I wanted to play with that a little yeah. bit. Yeah.
0: But I like. I feel like if I was going to go back and redo it, I wouldn't have a physical object in it. Because mm. then I'm like, did we just fall into our own like,
1: That's critique? Point. That's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point.
0: Because we make fun of people for it. And then I'm like, did we technically do it too? Yeah. That's, I've never <laughs> thought a, about that It was before. a homework challenge, though. So, I mean. Yeah.
1: No, I, I've never thought about it before. In my head, that the clicking was supposed to like be reflective more of the writer's mind state. Where it's like, that. And it's like, just shut the fuck up and leave me alone. I think we should have you been know? more vague it, with it. But it. it is a lot more supernatural the way that it did wind up coming yeah. out. That's a good point.
0: Like, I don't think we necessarily... We suck. I'm going to go work at <laughs> Not, McDonald's. No,
1: <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no, well, because we, we set way too much of a harsh guideline on ourselves. So I still stand by. We're, we're like th-
1: 30 days, the movie's yeah.
0: happening. <laughs> we, we initially set out to be like... 30 days to write it, shoot it, edit it, and release it. And that's just not super realistic for, like, having time to rework stuff. And so we were just like, oh, let's go! And yeah. you you had literally already had to rewrite it one the, three times. Yeah,
1: I, 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 <laughs> I wrote the final script for that one, I think, while you were in the shower. So it, like, took me 20 minutes to write the final script. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, I... The one we went with. I was like, it was a necklace, and it drove her insane. It was a... N- na- nail polish that killed the president. <laughs> I tried to convince <laughs> you we should do a
0: ring and call it the ring. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. And I was like, no, it's a it's a
1: watch and the watch makes him a like, brilliant writer but it, it it makes him never able to get away from the muse.
0: <laughs> but the, it's a pretty
1: original. It
0: pre- is. No, I just, I wish we had reworked it a bit. And, like, I feel like the homework challenges were fun but maybe we were too strict on ourselves. Like, it should have been like you have mm. the next three months to get this done. So, you can spend I a month known. writing, a month shooting.
1: Yeah, I should have known because I follow this like, Australian dude who makes like B-horror films on Facebook, and we talk sometimes. <clears throat> and um, I sent him an invitation. I was like, hey, man, I'm trying to get a little bit of interest up, and nobody gave a shit about the homework assignments. I was like, I'm trying to get a little bit of interest in our podcast up by you know doing some sort of a game. And I was wondering if you'd be interested trying to make 12 films this year doing one every single month
0: and he was like go fuck yourself and he goes
1: i have a lot going on in my life <laughs> he's just making indie films with his friends too but he was like i are you insane yeah. <laughs> he goes i i knock one out every 6 months sure they're like 15 minute short films they come out every 6 months i like doing that you want me to do one a month are you on coke what yeah. the fuck is your
0: problem yeah
1: we all like, oh. we
0: super stressed that was when I was like crying all the time I was like why are we
1: working so hard <laughs> we're moving we're trying to put out a film in the middle of a move to Montana yeah,
0: I think realistically three months minimum because you can write shoot and edit
1: we'll rework it because <laughs> I'd really like to get back to a homework assignment but a reasonable homework assignment maybe the first month it's like hey yo shoot your scripts in let's see if we can punch them up on air <clears throat> pick three or four and then be like who makes the best version of this script and then take video submissions or something and then link that you know filmmaker with that that's a good idea link that filmmaker with the writer that wrote the original script that got picked and create relationships amongst filmmakers and writers because that's what we are we're a relationship between a filmmaker and a writer and I love you
0: I love you and I love you guys (laughs)